This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm sure they've expressed the sentiment and the joy that we at least back in the hall, trusting that this will continue in Jesus' name. Now, next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and uh, it's normally our family Sunday when we have joint service. At the moment, we have the children's church. They are having the junior church they are holding, and we have the teenage church that should be holding as well. But next Sunday, by the grace of God, families, we sit together and we plan to use all those halls where they are meeting today as overflow. It's still better than sitting at home, if I were you. So once we make up the number in the mail hall, please avail yourself of the opportunity to keep booking until we have enough numbers that will, um, you know, spill into the other rooms that I've mentioned to you. Okay? And as we do that, the Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. All right, so just time to share the word of God with us, and we hope to spend a few moments to also pray. I, first of all, want to just give us like a general introduction to uh, the message today, uh, to all messages, but I want to use today's message as an introduction to that. Whenever we gather like this, God always um, has a message for us. Um, so don't look to us times like this as just times of sermon. It's a message that God is sending to us. And when we listen to God's message, the purpose is not to answer all questions. Because when we're listening, we listen with the air of what about, the, what about that? No, what about this? What about that? The purpose is to solve certain given problems. So that's how the word of God works. Jesus Christ one time was preaching, oh, I've come to the world to bring peace. And that was all he said. Another place, he then had a different message. We seem to be contradictory. So when you are gathered in the house of the Lord, let us learn to listen for what God is saying at that moment for that person that needs the message. Is that very clear? That way we will see the greatness and the fullness of God manifesting our lives never before. Amen. Uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord, actually wonders, reading the NLT version of Luke chapter 8, verse 18, it says, so pay attention to how you hear. Amen. To those who listen to my teachings, more understanding will be given. That was Jesus talking. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. I know that what we have shall not be taken away. And so let's, let's come always to the house of the Lord with great expectation, whoever is standing to preach. And very soon we're going to our normal interactive um, Sunday Bible study that we call Sword of the Spirit. Uh, it's called Adult Sunday School as well. Soon we're planning to return to that. Whenever we gather, please listen and let God help us to listen well. And we shall be blessed in Jesus' name. Our test for the short message today will be taken from Psalms 106, and I read verses 7 and 8. Psalms 106, verses 7 and 8. I read from the New King James Version. Uh, that was the psalmist talking here to give you a bit of context. He says, Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. 
They did not remember the multitude of your mercies, but rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power known. Hallelujah. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand. And it's a common thing for us as believers, not to understand, but to know. Especially what God did for us when we were in Egypt. Egypt usually typifies where before we came to know Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. We used to say back to Egypt. That's back in Egypt. In those days, we knew what God did for us, but did we actually understand? Even after we have translated into the kingdom of God, do we actually understand what he did at that time? I knew that God saved me from three near-death experiences. One time I had a cardiac arrest on the table when I was being operated for a very simple operation. I knew it, but did I understand what God was doing at that time? Or even do I even understand why God did that now? That's not going to be what we look at today. I just want to drop those ones for you as a textual analysis of the verse, of the two verses that were before us. He then went on to say, they did not remember the multitude of your mercies, God. Now, all that God did for me, do I actually keep bringing them to remembrance? Traveling one day, thing between here and um, where was that? It was Perth or so. I was driving on the fast lane, and I just wanted to change back into the slow lane. And I was very clear in my head, not in too great a speed, how I missed the vehicle that was there that chose to overtake me on the left, on the slow lane. I still don't know till tomorrow. But I sometimes must remind myself that God did some deliverance. I think one of those trips as well, some very crazy, I probably shouldn't tell you, but I'll tell you. And if everybody kept saying, how did that happen? It's been a few years back now. On the same day, I got three tickets. And I was just about two miles above, <laughs> above this building. And so whenever I fill forms, and they say, how did it happen? I try to appeal it. And there are many things that the Lord has delivered us from that we must always remember. How did we get to where we are? And, but but I, I, I knew that, but God later told me why that happened. I had understanding. The Lord was saying he was teaching me something. It has got nothing to do with even driving. It was, a, it was the, a few days before, in fact, it was the night before that I was not supposed to go on that trip, and somebody decided to nudge me. God told me, he said, don't go. But another person came around and said, go on that trip. You know where I'm going to remember it. Okay? Remembering the dealings of God with yourself. And then I decided to disobey God and I went on that trip. God did not allow me to die on that trip. He said it would be too big. God did not allow something. But he said, well, you will have something that will continually cost you extra amounts of money every year you are doing your renewal of insurance. At my age, I should be paying next to nothing for car insurance. But God decided to now say, okay, I will leave a mark. We must understand the dealings of God. We must. If I just grew angry and start throwing around, thrashing around, it means nothing. But God was saying, uh-uh, let that be a way that I deal with it. But that's not where we're going to go today. Very quickly, I want to talk to us about the power to save. And we will be looking at how to understand what they did not understand. 
So we take it back to the text now. The people of Israel, God delivered them. You know, disobedience for them in Egypt. You remember, um, you know, the, the plagues, 10 of them. And eventually they got to the Red Sea. The Red Sea parted. And then God, the, the psalmist was reminding them that they did not understand a few things, though God eventually showed them mercy. But we want to understand the things they didn't understand. Though we continue to enjoy God's mercy, but we will understand and we will have extra blessing. Amen unto that one. We will understand what you do not understand. Number one thing, three things. There were about five, six of them or more that was coming to my mind, but I will just take three of them that they did not understand, but which we must understand. Number one, a person is only as big as the size of the problem he or she solved. A bit of a mouthful, I explained to you. A person is only as big as the size of the problem he or she solved. David became David simply because he killed Goliath. When he was killing the bear and was killing the lion, it was still small. He was not promoted to the level of prominence at that time. He had to kill a Goliath before he could be promoted. That's why it is funny as believers, as children of God, we run away from challenges that come our way, forgetting that they are means unto promotion. Forgetting those are the things that God will use. I say, okay, you have passed that now. You have solved that problem now. You have dealt with that now, that betrayer, that denial, that treasonous dealing by somebody close or not so close to you, that you have surmounted it. Now it is for you to now be called into the category of the big boys and big girls. <laughs> he doesn't come cheap. God must see that you solve things. Joshua, in Joshua chapter 4 verse 14, the Bible said concerning him, that the whole of Israel magnify him on that day. David, his father in the Lord, his spiritual father, Moses could not take them to the land of promise. But this young boy, who was the first that became an emergency military general for the children of Israel. They were just coming out of Egypt. They never knew what battle was. And the Malachites just caught them in Exodus chapter 17. And Papa Moses looked around. Who shall we? We've never fought before. We don't even know what a spear is. Where well, we've seen the Egyptians carrying it. We never owned a chariot. Joshua, you've been close to me. Gather a few of the young men and form yourself into a ragtag army and go and meet Amalekites. That's how he cut his tooth. Eventually, he kept working with this man. But Moses could not take them to the promised land because it was a huge thing for them. One day, Joshua was able to do it. And the Bible says in Joshua chapter 4, verse 14, Joshua 4, 14. I think we should have a read of that very quickly. Joshua 4, 14. It says... On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. The Lord will exalt you in the sight of people around you. And they feared him as they have feared Moses all the days of his life. They, they, they respected him. Many of us were looking to be respected before we have solved major problems. But you will. You're going to crack some difficult situations. And I can multiply examples for you, the Daniels of this world, who were able to do great things. Or don't even forget Joseph. You remember Joseph? Kept solving problems. It's not about problem-solving 
topic today. I would have just turned that to a message. What are you facing in life to solve? What, what are you going to make people better about? I was listening to Spotify, you know, on the radio. And I said, gone were the days in which when you had a CD changer that has 12 CDs, you are at the top one. And that's very, very boring, actually. Playing the same thing and getting scratched and whatever. The four CD changers we had, it was so big, it was in the boot. You remember? Yeah, it was right in the boot. They couldn't, they couldn't fit it. There was no place for it in the front. And then you were going to start the CD scene. And then, of course, somebody they will not slit at, at the right time. And somebody came. Now, Spotify don't need to choose. He has memorized, done an algorithm to know the music that I like. He's never for one. After I has played, finished what I'm playing, he's never for one played the secular music for me. He knew that this is what I like. When I'm playing the likes of Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, he makes sure that that's the kind that he will play for me continually. He can vary it a little bit. Ah, man, who is that man that brought value to our life? Brethren, that is what God has called us to do. Are you listening to me? And I'm not asking you to lose any sleep or whatever. Just flow with the Lord. Just flow with him. No, don't, don't just be too tight. What you are doing now, be an expert in them. But that's the topic I'm tempted to preach, but I will leave that for today. But where we're talking about today is that God himself, hallelujah, prove himself by the size of the problem he solves. Do you know that? He constantly is looking for a problem to solve so that he can prove himself as Jehovah, the mighty God of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. He proved himself by the size of the problem he solves. I repeat it. God proved himself. God proves himself by the size of the problem he solves. Have you got a problem for him to solve? He wants to prove himself. That's why he said, bring them. You know, I love Jesus. I mean, I think I shared that a few weeks ago. Jesus had this attitude of bring it. Hallelujah. He said, the child has epilepsy. He's been throwing one. I said, bring him. Wow. That's my Lord. And the same one is saying to you, bring it. Whatever that we have got to bring unto him, he will solve them. But I was this guy, you know, I can't barely talk without mentioning this man, David. I love David. He has the right mentality that every time a big problem arises, whatever it is, we have overflowed issue of pandemic. We've probably talked so much about perennial problem in our community, maybe drug addiction, maybe family problems. Whatever it may be, maybe moral decline. We're still fighting again. That's a prayer point that we sent out now concerning the sexuality issue that they now said that we cannot pray for people. If they have, they choose to say, look, I don't like my, the, the, my, the way I'm expressing my sexuality, you know, and I know it's not biblical. Pastor, pray for me. They say, if I pray for him, I'll be charged to court. They say, Lord, that is in parliament around that now. And we are raising prayer about that. I'm not losing sleep about that. No. Why? Because I have a big God. Who will resolve that? In fact, the bigger the problem, the easier for God to jump in as it were to say, now I can show my strength. Point number one. Remember that the bigness or the influence of a person is determined by the bigness of the problem he's able to solve. So if you've brought any big problem into this service today, wherever you are listening in, you are in a good place. Amen. 
And David did that very well. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 45 to 46, David replied to the Philistine, 1 Samuel 17, 45, David replied to the Philistine, you came to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Listen carefully to this now. Today, somebody say today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you. I'm tempted to preach that again. Did you see the sequence? The Lord will conquer you and I will. So before you could kill Goliath, God must conquer. In fact, Goliath was a dead man walking by the time the stone struck him. The matter had been settled in the heavens. There is no way it could have escaped. So before anything manifests in the physical, it must first manifest in the heaven. Oh, David knew God. He said, the Lord will conquer you and I, I will kill you. And he went out to say his own part and cut off your head. He was, a, he was a young man at that time. Let me say it as came to my heart. Silly boy. You don't have a sword. Well, what are you going to call his dead with? You don't have a sword. Now, some of us, we make braggings like that. And God still backs us up. I'm going to cut your head. Which head? You don't even have a sword. The man is still standing. But he was speaking so confidently in the Lord is God. Somebody will cut off the head of that giant that has been dogging you in the name of Jesus Christ. If you don't have a sword, you will use the sword of the enemy. Because that's what this man did. But that's not the conclusion. He said, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mentioned to you that I've been preaching so many sermons on faith now. Because where God is taking us, he wants to stir our hearts up so that we can see great and mighty things. And the whole world we know that there's what? There's a God in Israel. So don't be afraid. God is priming us so that we can solve God's size, so that we can have God's size victories. Amen? Victories that are big enough that can only be God. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Romans 8 verse 11. Just want to establish that for you in the scripture before I move to the next point. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Amen. It will quicken our mortal bodies. Is anything dead in our situation? God will quicken it. He will give it life again. Number two reason why those people missed it and we must not miss it. Not only that we should constantly be aware that a big problem is what we announce a person. Number two, you must know that about this our God, he delights in and defaults to making his power known. God delights in and defaults to making his power known. Every challenge must be seen from God's viewpoint that he wants to make his power known. Amen. Just put God on the spot. Put them on the spot. He said, Lord, well, this has come up now. Now this is time for you to shine. Nevertheless, verse 8 of Psalms 106, verse 8, uh, verse 8 of Psalm 106 that we read. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that what? He might make his mighty power known. And if this is the only reason why you and I will go to God in prayer, Lord, over this child, 
Lord over this family member, Lord over my career, Lord over my ministry, Lord over my health. Why don't you make your power known? Why don't you make your great power known? Because the Bible says that we must bring our strong reasons. Isaiah chapter 42. We must bring our strong reasons. Verse 20, 41 verse 21. Bring your strong reasons. Bring your strong reasons. Why? The kingdom of God runs a very robust legal system. I hope you know that. It's, there's a court being held. You see, we get away with this because our advocate has resolved the problem. That's why we probably don't appreciate that everything that we go through, there's a court being held. We were given a little bit of a glimpse into it concerning Job, but constantly a court is holding over every little matter of your life to kill him or not to kill him, to allow him to progress or not to progress. But because the advocate, as he tells us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, he said, for we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We don't know what he does. And I was checking that sometime, and an advocate, they say it's different from a solicitor, isn't it? Yeah, an advocate is the one that is also called a barrister. It's the one that goes and makes a case, and goes to court and makes, it makes a case for you. And as, you know, there are barristers and there are barristers. You know that? You know what I mean? All right. The barristers of cost that I'm talking about. All right. So please get is the T-E-R-1. I'm not sure the one that serves you decaf coffee will be able to, to do much of that. When I first saw it, I was shocked. I said, really, barrister? I wish the days, early days, as a younger person, I got such a work. So I just tell them back at home. They say, what are you doing? I say, I'm a barrister now. <laughs> I've not lied, have I lied? It's only when they ask me to spell it that they will know that I'm only serving coffee. As a barrister, which is an advocate, they put themselves in your position to defend your case. But do you know that the popularity and the strength of a barrister depends on how big the cases is being winning? Do you know that? In fact, you get paid along that one. There was one guy in the U.S. like that. He actually defended the ex-president. It was well known. He doesn't take small cases. He will take useless cases, cases that nobody can win. And he's making incredible money. Now, where am I going with that? I will tell you in a moment. I'm telling you that God delights to say that I take the worst cases. How bad is your case? God is looking to take it. And that's, that's how he's God. <laughs> he doesn't take, well, he takes small cases, he passes it on to, you know, his apostles here on earth and prophets and all of us like this. But the big case he takes on, he takes everything on. But there are some he personally supervises. Hallelujah. He personally supervises them. John chapter 19. And we need to know this. I want to establish this very quickly. I think we still have a few minutes more um, in this section. Establish that everything in the world that you are living in as a believer is very legal. And you must know how to deal with it. John chapter 19 verse 13. So when Jesus has received the sour wine, he said it is finished. And bowing, he said, he gave up the spirit. You know the word, it is finished, was a common, was a single word, a common um, Greek word in those days that is printed on receipts to say that it is fully paid. Tetelestai. That's what it meant. Some of the words that they used in the New Testament, they were actually common day-to-day -day words in those days. 
like tetelestai is a common word, like agape is a common word. It wasn't a particular spiritual word. Agape simply means I, I love you like, you know, it's almost like a slang, that I love you so much like, you know, walking on my head, loving you. You know, when Jesus can love each other like that, I see just be lost in love for one another. It's not the errors, it's not the other type of things. So tetelestai simply meant fully paid. Now back to where I was, that we are enjoying what we are enjoying because Jesus has paid for it. Amen. And he is ready to take up your case today. Hallelujah. I don't want to leave this point. Let me make one more point again, just to drive it home, so that you can take your case to him. Amen? Amen. So that you can take your case to him. Did anybody know what happened when Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 22 was talking to Simon? He said, Simon, Simon, the devil has asked that he may save you like wheels, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Do we, do we know the difference? We don't. Jesus must have been praying, and then he saw the courts in heaven. And we probably saw Satan, you know, arguing with God. And I said, that man, this is what he has done. What Jesus Christ said, but I have prayed for you. We don't know. How many things are the Lord, so when, when you are rolling on the ground, thanking him for deliverance, remember there are so many battles that he has argued on your, case, on, on your behalf behind that you don't know. Oh, if thou shalt mark our transgression, we shall stand. That's what makes me sometimes when I worship God to be very emotional. Oh, that you are, you, are, you are a great lover. A great lover. I mean, you care so much. Deliver me from things that I'm not aware of. Sometimes you showed me later. But it is always for us as well to remember that God is looking for your case to deal with so that he might make a big name for himself before the people of this world. Very quickly, last point, because we need to pray. The person you associate with is a reflection of your person and your power. Amen. The person you associate with is a... So, a simple the conclusion to that is that, look, when you associate with God, God does not want to stain his name. Amen. So, he's jealous for his name. Because if you are called by the name of the Lord, the more you put yourself out there that I'm a representative of God, I know Jesus Christ, the more God will do everything to make sure that he defends you. That's the way it works. Look, whether we like it or not, if there is a member, if you see a young man on the street and um, he's homeless, maybe whatever drugs or whatever has put him in a very bad place, and somebody asks him the question, and I say, what's your name? And tells you the name and said, oh, okay. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. And the person then started talking and said, it's a member of a royal family. Immediately, your countenance will change. Member of a royal family, you are a prince, and you are here. No matter how much you're going to blame that guy for his bad choices, that's a reflection of that family. You agree with me? And the same thing with God. No matter how much people will say, where is your choice? It's your problem, whatever. He cares so much about his name that he knows because I am bearing his name, he will do all within his power to protect me and to protect the family name. God does that all the time. If you begin to have that understanding of God and see him in that light, you will flow better with him. There are nothing that we allow to happen that we will not be able to explain and give a good reason for. And don't come up with those things, as I always say, things that you think, oh, well, what about, what about that? I tell you on a general level and general principle, day after day, God is protecting his name in my life. I know that. 
Somehow he shielded and protected me from things that will bring disgrace to his name. And he's done it for you as well. You know my prayer? He will continue to do it for us. We will not step out of that. Because that is the sweetness of us being associated with a big man. That's the blessing of being associated with a holy and a perfect and a wonderful God. That even when people are cast down, he makes sure that we will lift them again. That it shall not be said that God abandoned his own. That even when it gets to the point that I say, okay, the only way we can get to correct it is that we need to give you a little bit of discipline. We need to give you a little bit of flogging. But even in the midst of that, it shall be seen that I'm a loving father who picks up his own again. So God makes his saving power known because of his name and he will do everything to protect his name. Hallelujah. People always ask the question, where is your God? Immediately, you know, what's his name now? The man in Judges chapter 6, um, Gideon. Gideon asked that question. He said, if God had truly been our God, why are all these things happening unto us? Ask that question. Oh, I have the permission to. Don't be rude to God. I say, Father, I am my, my child. I'm your child. What am I in this situation? I bear your name. He either explains to you or he solves it. I don't think we should make the walking with God very complicated. Hallelujah. Talking about the power to save. Amen. If you don't need anything today that you want God to save you from, or you don't have any family situation, you don't have any personal situation, at least we have communal situations we can all pray into that God will save. You agree with me? So at least everybody should have something to hold on to today. While I was praying this morning, and we start praying now, the Lord gave me a few things. And that was unusual. You know, um, when I, when I started praying, pray a lot in tongues and all the rest of that, preparing for his service, and the Lord just asked me to be still before him. And I guess some of the things he's never done with me for quite a while, he did with me too. And I gave me a listing, which I had to quickly write down, a listing of the things that need touching in some people's life. There were statements that he made. And so if you are listening, wherever you are listening, and you think this fits each of these, uh, you know, whichever one of fits your own case, I want you to just rejoice in the Lord. Amen? Remember, God is a very merciful and a kind God. Good time for us to please rise on our feet. And hopefully those that have this word that God is sending unto them, you will receive it joyfully today. Amen? You will receive it joyfully today. The first word I had the Lord say to me, I should tell anyone that might be in that position. Sometimes when they give me a word of knowledge, it might just be for healing, it might be for something. But specifically, he took me in a different direction today. I was actually listening to him. There are particular words he has for people, maybe healing or deliverance or whatever. But he gave me specific statement number one. He said, your past will not define you. So I don't know who that one is for. Your past will not define you. Some people, when you look at your past, you quickly take your eyes away. Is pretty ugly. It might be as far back as the third and fourth generation today, the Lord will help us, we shall deal with them. And they will not define you. He also asked me to tell somebody that strife will cease. Strife will stop. <laughs> I don't know where I used. Constant strife around. Urgy burgy. Trouble, trouble. You turn here, there's an argument. You turn there, there's an argument. Life is so tight and so hard. The Lord said, it will cease in the name of the Lord. And then you will know peace all around you. 
So it just be like a brand new day for you. I believe he asked me to tell somebody again that you will not see the wind. Nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water. You will not see the wind. Neither shall you see the rain. Yet. Yet. So how the supply will come is none of your business. It will fill it. And it will turn it around. You've been looking for the rain. The Lord said, take your, take your eyes away from the rain. You've been checking the clouds. The Lord said, take your eyes away from the cloud. That the business at hand is for him to make that. Is it not the valley you want to be filled? Is it not that problem you want solved? He will solve it his own way. Hallelujah. Lift your voices. I've got two more. I want us to pray over those ones and just receive into your life. Wherever you have those words are for you, then we just pray generally two more prayer points concerning those who have, you know, concerning every one of us, concerning the message we've had, we'll pray. But for now, I just begin to trust the Lord. I said, Lord, in this strife we seize. If you don't have that, if that word is not for you, pray for people around you. If you know there are people around you that, you know, may have issues with their past and it's like the past is going to hinder their future. The Lord says, your past will not define you. You know somebody that is possible, ah, this person's past, ah, it will affect the future. The Lord says, going to define you, not define it, will not define you. And the Lord is going to cause that valley to be filled with water because in his mercy and his kindness, he will rain the abundance down from above in the name of Jesus. Thank you, thank you Father. In Jesus marvelous name we have prayed. Hallelujah. So nice to hear amen in the room. <laughs> The choir, they've been doing a wonderful job before, you know. But how many, how much can they do? Hallelujah. I declare over you, I said, that valley shall be filled with water in the name of Jesus. And so shall it be in the name of the Lord. He also asked me to tell somebody, it's been a long time you laughed. But you will laugh now. It's been a long time. You know, those kind of belly laughs. That you laugh and you know, ah, things are going well. But you will laugh soon. Finally, he asked me to tell somebody, your hair will grow again. My temptation is to say that somebody who's, um, you know, yeah, even those people with... Um, that are bald, the Lord still knows the number of the hairs on your head. The follicles are there now, what I'm talking about. They're just not showing. But I don't, I don't think the Lord is talking about physical hair here. And if you want to claim for physical hair as well, please go ahead and do that. Amen? But it means that the grace and anointing that you had that you have lost, it will come back. You have moved very well before in some high level, but now it seems as if you have now been thrown into the prison. But in the name that's above all the hair will grow again. Father, we thank you for your word. We are grateful for what you have done today. 
And I pray that all this word will overtake your people. And we shall sing new songs in the name of Jesus. Very quickly, based on today's sermon, lift your voice. I say, Father, please show your power in my life. Show your power in my family. Show your power in my community. That's what the Lord delights in doing. He delights and he defaults unto that naturally. That's our God. Jesus Christ was walking by one day, saw a widow with his only son about to be buried. And Jesus stopped. He defaulted unto just making his power known. Let your power be known in my health. Let your power be made known in my ministry. Let your power be made known in my mind, oh God. Let your power be made known in my wife's life, in my children's life, in my brother's and sister's life. Let it be known in my community. Lord, let let your power be made known. That's why you delight in power to save. That you might make your power known, oh God. That's your encouragement unto us today. And we shall not take anything less than you have planned for us. Thank you, thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'm going to say, Father, use me as an agent of salvation. In the name of Jesus, lift your voices and pray. Because the best that God can do with a person is not just only to save you, but also to use you as an agent, to use you as a savior with a small s. As it says in the book of Obadiah, the very last verse, verse 21, saying that then there shall arise many saviors. There shall arise many. We shall go forth and release those that are bound by the authority that we have. And we shall decree a thing and it shall be established receive the power of God he said you have not chosen me but I have chosen you and I called you and ordained you that we go and bear fruit you will bear fruit we shall bear fruit in the name of the Lord Jesus thank you heavenly father in Jesus mighty name we pray that the special grace of God your feet shall be beautiful wherever you go you will be a bringer of good news Many years back, some difficult things happened in the family, and I was about the youngest there. They pushed me to go and be the one to announce it. Since then, I said, well, if there are things to announce, I will. But I'm, I'm a bringer of good news. I'm not the one that will be carrying, oh, something bad has happened. Father, we want to thank you. We worship and adore you. Great and faithful you are, O oh God. Is the Lord's delight to touch someone whose vision is diminishing in the eyes. You know yourself wherever you are. Some other person concerning eye problem, you have pain in the right side of your eye. If you're in the room, lift your hand. If you're away from here, God is speaking to you as well. Lift your hand wherever you are and the Lord will touch you where you are right now. Thank you, Jesus. If you are the person, anybody, if you are not in that category, please put down your hand. But if you are not category, lift your hand. Hallelujah. Okay, I see two people there. Praise God. Lord, you are kind and you are merciful. Right now, by the power in the name of Jesus and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, touch these ones now in the name of Jesus. Let there be a turnaround. Lord, make your power known in their lives in the name of Jesus. And they will never, ever 
ever fall back into the same affliction again. Thank you, eternal Father. Jesus, marvelous name, we pray. Hallelujah. Whatever you brought to the house today, you want the Lord to talk. This is the time to put it on the table for him. The advocate is here. The barrister is here. He's about to take up your case. Lay it on the table. Nothing's too small. Nothing's too big for him. He's able to take all cases. The bigger, the better. He's ready to take all cases. Mention your case now personally to him. I beg of you, please mention your case personally to him right now. Mention your case. Mention your case. Start talking to him personally. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Don't let it pass you by. The Lord is in his holy temple. And the Spirit is bringing marvelous and mighty things here. Thank you, thank you, eternal Father. Begin to bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' marvelous name, we have prayed. Father, we thank you. And I hereby decree and declare your name that as a word that God for today, it will bear fruit in sixties and in hundreds. And your people shall come back to testify of your goodness. I pray, Lord, that none of us shall fall short of the goal you have set for us. The goal whereby you will be glorified in our lives. Be glorified, O God. Let your name be praised forever. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. And all the prayers that have been prayed, that it shall get better in the nation, O God. Uh, There shall be no going back. Hear us, Lord. There shall be no going back. As we're taking this step forward, Father, please let it be forward ever, backward never. In the name of Jesus. Let the cloud of glory rest upon Scotland. Let it rest upon the United Kingdom. This resurrection week that we are entering to, at least the one that we have marked out, I believe with your permission, Father in heaven, let it be a time when the nations shall be resurrected. Back to life. Back to life back to life in the name of the Lord Jesus and nothing dead will be found in the nations anymore Jesus you said as long as I'm in the world I'm the light of the world as long as we are on the surface of these nations oh God we remain the light darkness shall cover no more and Jesus Christ our Lord shall be glorified thank you Heavenly Father Jesus, most marvelous name we have prayed. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.